Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump, Alice. Happy Friday, and it is July 28th, the day that I know all of you have been waiting for. I have been waiting for this day because today is finally the premiere in theaters of the Essential Church movie. And I know I have been talking about this a lot on this program and on other AFR programs that I've been a guest or a guest host. And I am so excited about it because this film talks about the truth of the church and the truth of the gospel of Christ and is really going to challenge, uh, I think, your understanding of the definition of the church and the theology of the true nature of the separation of church and state, not like what the left says that, oh, Christians can't engage in civil government or anything like that, but the role of uh, the church and the jurisdiction of the church as one of the institutions that God has ordained under his authority, and also the jurisdiction of the state. And we have to understand this from a truthful, biblical perspective if we are going to be the church in society. And so uh, if you are a Christian and uh, you have attended church all of your life and you're a very sincere Christian, I still think this movie is going to challenge you and encourage you to think through all all of this uh, theologically and to be better prepared as uh, if you are a pastor or if your family is part of a church uh, to understand how the church is essential for the next fight that will be coming because throughout world history the state has always tried to tell the Christian and the church how to worship and to encroach upon that jurisdiction in various ways. And one of the amazing things that this movie does is puts in context the fight for churches to reopen in the context of broader uh, church and world history to say, you know, this isn't anything new. And the Bible admonishes us that there's nothing new under the sun. These fights of this tension between church authority and state authority and jurisdiction uh, have always been a tension point and been a battle uh, throughout world history. And so our time to stand firm uh, came in 2020 with the unconstitutional illegal mandates from government that told churches in America, you have to close. And the the respect that we have and should have as Christians for the First Amendment that preserves and protects the right uh, to freely exercise our religion and preserves and protects the province of the state and specifically acknowledges that and says, government, no, you can't. Um, That was really the basis of why we won the lawsuit in California for John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. And the contrast between American jurisprudence and what other churches and pastors and Christians across the world during the pandemic experienced with other forms of government that don't protect church as essential and the sphere of the church's authority and jurisdiction. 
uh, is really well explained in this movie. And so I think from that perspective of why church polity matters and why understanding uh, the jurisdiction and the limits genuinely of church, uh, of, of state rather government, um, whether or not you live in America under our constitution, that essential nature of the church government compared to the sphere of the state, whatever that looks like in whatever uh, government ordinance and system of government across the world, whatever that looks like, the the truth about the nature of the church and the limited authority given to the state doesn't change. Uh, that is true biblically. That has been true since the beginning of time when uh, God ordained and established a civil government, the church government, and the family government. And um, so if you are a Christian, go see this movie. If you are not a Christian and uh, you may be a leftist that's listening to this program because you like to troll me online, welcome. I'm very grateful that that all of you listen to this show because I hope that um, this, is, this is one of the opportunities that I have to present the truth of the gospel of Christ uh, when you may not otherwise hear it or may not otherwise expose yourself to the truth of the gospel of Christ. And that's part of the reason um, that I love having haters on social media, because uh, those of you that follow me just for the purpose of hating, well, you're going to hear the truth anyway. And so welcome. And I would encourage you, if you absolutely disagree with the fundamental premise of this film that church is essential, go see it anyway and write your reviews. Send them to me, Jenna at AFR.net. We'll talk about them. Um, I'll read them. I'll probably uh, post about them in my responses on social media or talk about them here. And uh, But go see it anyway and go and challenge your basic assumptions of the definition of the church, uh, that, you know, Christians somehow promote a theocracy, that church needs to govern the state, uh, which is not true. That's not anything that we teach or preach, um, but go anyway. And so if you are a Christian, go see this movie. If you're not a Christian listening to this, go see this movie. You will be challenged regardless. So this is EssentialChurchMovie.com. It's in theater starting today. You can get your tickets now at EssentialChurchMovie.com. Uh, that'll show all of the theaters we've continued to add, uh, which is excellent. Um, or you can just go on you know, any of the, the regular apps that uh, you would get movie tickets, Fandango, you know, some of those, uh, and look and see where the theater uh, near you is coming soon. And uh, for the rest of the show, though, I, I did a very important interview uh, with Pastor John MacArthur that I played. You can go back on the podcast uh, version of this show at AFR.net. You can also see that um, on my Salem Media Show, uh, com. And that interview with Pastor MacArthur uh, was really incredibly important to uh, discuss his reason for wanting to produce this movie and tell the story of the essential church and our moment in history that's going to repeat itself in one way or another, and to encourage pastors to stand firm. So uh, so that interview is very important. But for today, for the rest of the show, I want to uh, play for you the interview that I also did um, a few days ago earlier this week with the writer-director of the film, Shannon Halliday. And he's a member of Grace Community Church, um, is is really kind of a, an old-school Hollywood type, um, really amazing storyteller. And to take you behind the scenes of this movie 
and get his perspective on why this story is being told in the way that it is and in the greater context of church history. And so I want to take you behind the scenes and and play this interview with Shannon because it'll give you more of a perspective of what you can anticipate in going and seeing this movie because this isn't a sermon. Um, this is not going to just be, you know, someone behind a, a, a lectern or the pulpit Um, preaching the truth of the gospel. That's what we get in church, and we should love that. But this is actually uh, more of a storytelling like you would expect from a Hollywood movie, and that's done intentionally. And and I think that the presentation is so important to engage uh, people who may otherwise not not sit in church and listen to sermons explaining why the church is so important. And so understanding this from a more behind the scenes view, I think will give you an appreciation of what you can expect when you go and see this movie this weekend and why it was so important uh, to tell this story. You know, I took an appreciation of theater class in in college, which uh, was actually really fun. And, you know, going through college, you have to get so many credits of, you know, general credits. And one of the things that my professor taught me was an appreciation of theater and understanding the scope of the story before you even go see a play or a movie. Because her contention, and I actually agree with this, is that if you know the overall story, you'll notice and pick up things that you wouldn't if you're just trying to follow the movie for the basic storyline. So um, so this will give you a, a better appreciation of what you can expect and go and see EssentialChurchMovie.com, the Essential Church in theater starting today. And we'll be right back with more and my interview with Shannon Holiday right here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. So joining me now is the writer director of the Essential Church, Shannon Halliday. And Shannon, uh, this is such an amazing film. And I just got to see it uh, with you and Pastor John MacArthur and the team and Grace Community Church at several premieres last weekend. And every time that I see this, it's just so well done. So uh, how are you feeling now headed into the weekend with the, uh, the theatrical premiere and this project finally completed? Oh, yeah, it's a relief. Uh, uh, it, it's really good to hear all the positive feedback because you're you're wondering if people are going to like this the whole time. And you get a good feeling about it. You're like, OK, I think I got it in a good place. I think I finally got it there and I'm feeling good about it. But then you think, but am I crazy? Uh, maybe other people won't think it's too hot, but, uh, we're getting great feedback. Lots of people are liking it. We're looking on social media and, you know, what you want to happen is happening. People are saying, you need to go see this movie and word of mouth is spreading and like, oh man, it was so good. You need to go see this. So it's just, it's uh, a load off my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's great because, uh, in addition to on Sunday night, this past Sunday, premiering this uh, to the Grace Community Church congregation, which is amazing. I mean, sitting there uh, and, and actually being in the church that stood firm and stood up, that was an amazing experience and just hearing their feedback. Uh, but also in connection with that, there were um, a couple hundred churches um, around the nation that also premiered in their churches to kind of get the momentum going. And I know my home church was one of those churches and 
And the feedback there uh, from people was that this was just such an incredible film that they really understood the nature of the biblical church in a broader context of history than they had understood before. Uh, so what was some of the feedback that you've received that uh, maybe you didn't expect? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I wondered if some of the arguments were clear and it was, you know, sometimes you wonder, I hope that's clear enough because it's not a classroom, right? It's a movie and it, and it moves like a movie. So if you're sitting down thinking you're going to, you know, watch a commentary, a, a biblical commentary unfold before you, you're not going to get that experience. I very much, I mean, I'm a filmmaker, I, I make movies, so I'm telling a story and I was wondering if, if that would be not appreciated you know, and maybe some people in the churches just wanted like, you know, just give me the the biblical content and that's it. I don't need the story, but that's not the case. So I, I'm pleasantly surprised that people are appreciating the fact that, you know, we cared about our art. I cared about the art of storytelling, visual story, storytelling, filmmaking, and how to, you know, craft that story in the best way that is going to be good for a good experience for somebody to sit in a theater and watch. And people are really appreciating that. And at the same time, they're understanding the concepts. And uh, and that's just, yeah, that's just makes me, I, I mean, I'm so happy to see that happening. And I see it in other countries. We've seen it in South Africa. There was New Zealand. So it wasn't just the US, there's Canada. There's countries across the globe, actually, that were watching this. Um, around the same time we were, and we started to get that feedback and it was just surreal because I'm at our uh, um, premiere with you and I'm hearing this feedback and I'm realizing, oh yeah, this is being played at all these churches at the same time. And the Lord in his kindness and his mercy sovereignly allowed me to be a part of that and gave a task before me. And because I didn't try to make this happen, I wasn't you know, it, it was just an answer to prayer. And I see God's sovereign hand in it. And I'm in awe of it. And I feel the same way about, you know, my small role uh, with this entire project and having the opportunity to represent uh, Pastor MacArthur and Grace Community Church in the lawsuit, which that story uh, is in part what is uh, what is told in this movie. And to see that piece of it in the broader context of the theology and the church history, uh, you're right, it is storytelling. And it's in a way that uh, that does move quickly, but really does teach you. I mean, so this isn't a sermon like what you would get on Sunday. It's a movie. And I think that that is going to speak to people who otherwise wouldn't necessarily go and sit in church on Sunday. They're going to have a view of what the Bible says about church and why these pastors, including Pastor MacArthur, took this stand and why we fought the legal battles. And I have been so, so blessed and and so appreciative to be part of this story as well. And um, <laughs> she says storytelling, one of my favorite memories of, of the production part of this when uh, you know, you and, and Jacob Hoffman contacted me saying that this uh, this project was at its inception and could I be part of it? So I came out to Los Angeles to film last year. And I remember you and I were driving together um, and I survived that car ride. But uh, you and I were driving <laughs> together <laughs> a little behind the scenes uh, to to this home that we that we filmed in that was kind of like this living room. And I remember you telling me about this lady with a stool and how like this was going to be part of this story and it was this woman that the same date of july 23rd back you know several hundred years ago 
then it was the same date that the elders released their statement. And I remember walking away from that conversation thinking, a stool? Like, really? And, and going, this, and, and like, and I did not see at all the vision that you did. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, that's the lady. I get it now. That's the stool. And it is so important. And so, how did this, how did you even think of this in terms of, you know, you get this project and you get to tell this story. How did that unfold that that all of these stories of uh, of church martyrs and also of of people who have come before our moment in time stood firm and telling that whole story? Yeah. So I it started with our statement, Christ not Caesar. And in that statement, the elders referenced some historical moments to kind of uh bolster their point of view and say we're not the first christians to to make this argument these christians in the past have made this argument too and one of the um the 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 uh one of those historical group of christians were the scottish covenanters so then i just started reading everything on the scottish covenanters because i knew i wanted to make that a part of the story um and as i researched those stories I just became excited as a filmmaker because I was like, oh man, these are going to be great stories to tell. I can't wait to sink my teeth into this and adapt this into a film. Um, but, you know, the the story of Jenny Geddes and the stool, I did not know about until probably my 10th pre-interview with an elder because I was doing pre-interviews and just trying to wrap my head around something so I could, you know, ask the right questions and I could understand the story so that I was asking the right questions so I could mold the story the way it could move. So I would understand where my first act would move and all that stuff. I don't want to bore your audience with all that story anatomy stuff, but so that's what I was doing. And Rich Harrisek, one of our elders said, you know, I just think we're Jenny Gettys. That's who we are. We're Jenny Gettys, that lady who threw her chair. And I said, what are you talking about? And then he went on to tell this story about how Steve Lawson was preaching on you know co uh, the covenanters and one of the stories he told was jenny gettys and he says that's just like us she's throwing her chair just like us and i said that's fascinating and then he said i don't know maybe i'm giving away too much for your viewers but oh well um <laughs> spoiler alert everybody yeah but that's spoiler okay. <laughs> alert but july 23rd that is the anniversary of the day that jenny gettys threw her chair and i said that is crazy because that is the same day that the elders voted to um, open the church back up and defy the government. And Jenny Geddes was taking a stand defying the government because the government was in her church, St. Giles in Edinburgh, telling her, this is how worship has to be done from here on out. And uh, that's, and she picked up her chair and threw it at him. So I was excited about that. And that became a symbol to me about kind of what we did, that chair, that stool, so I really lean into that because I got really excited about that. And as you saw, I opened the film with it. And, um, yeah. And, and, and I saw so. that. I, I saw that as, as we were driving to my portion of the filming. Um, that was what you were describing. And and I didn't fully understand the weaving in of that story until yeah. I saw the screening of the production and the way that you weave that in and the history of the Covenanters and uh, stories of the faithful that have come before and how how Grace Community Church and uh, pastors Coates and Stevens from Canada, who are also part of this as well, 
how they were standing on firm ground in terms of the faithful who have come before to say, we are going to stand up when the state tries to tell the church how to worship and how to be the church, then we are going to say, no, that is not your jurisdiction. And so seeing this in an even bigger context than what I was even thinking theologically in my conversations with Pastor MacArthur and the elders at the time of the lawsuit was so fascinating and so important in the understanding of why church is essential. And um, and so, so take us kind of behind the scenes a little bit of what filming was like in taking all of these different pieces and putting together this story of what happened with with our church, with Grace Community Church, also these pastors in Canada, but telling it in the broader context of church history. Yeah, it was really important to me. What, and I pitched this to Dr. MacArthur and some of the elders that were there when I pitched it, that it's not about Grace Church. I mean, yes, we play a role in it, but it's really not just about us. We're just a part of it. The story is about the church. And um, I explained to them I wanted to convey that through church history as well as globally, which is represented through our Canadian brothers and sisters. Um, So I wanted to do that. Now, how it was all going to work together, I didn't fully know exactly in detail, but I did write the script and I wrote the intro as it is in the film, really. That turned out the same way and it transitions the same way. Um, and I bring it back at the end of the first act, just in, as I planned in the script. Now, lots of little things changed, but um, I had to write a script first to just t- to tell myself, okay, do I think I can do this? Because you weren't the only one who didn't see it, <laughs> who didn't understand <laughs> good. that. that. Good yeah. to know. It wasn't just the, just the blonde lawyer didn't get it. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if people fully got it until I actually put in the images and they could see it flow and go, oh, I understand. With the music, I see how this is going to work now. And everybody got really excited. But even I, at times, was like, uh-oh, what if this doesn't work? And I'll be honest with you, I was very much dealing with anxiety, uh, probably around April, May of this year. I was very concerned. I was very concerned that I wasn't going to pull it off. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was praying a lot. And uh, I was did not get a lot of sleep because I would just stay up and lay in my bed and think about what's wrong with the film and how I was going to figure out how I'm going to fix it. Um, and while I'm doing that, sweating bullets for like months, people at church are coming up to me and saying, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till it comes out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so good. And I'm like, how do you know? I, I, I'm really doubting whether it's going to be good or not. And I, of course I can't say that. So that just added to the pressure. Um, but God in his kindness and mercy, I would pray, Lord, help me find creatively how I can put this together. So it's, so it's good and that it mm. glorifies you and, and proclaims your fame throughout the world. Um, mm. and I would pray that all the time. And I think he answered that prayer. Absolutely. I think he did as well, because I came away from seeing initially the screening, which wasn't the full uh, edited complete version. It was, you know, about a month ago, but mostly done. And, and I came away from that thinking, wow, what a clear presentation of the truth of the gospel of Christ and the essential church. And, and so well done on that, because exactly 
what you wanted. And I know uh, Pastor MacArthur felt the same way. And, uh, and, and in his uh, view of, of the initial screening of the film, and then I got to sit with him in the theater and then also at Grace Community Church on Sunday. Um, and then at dinner afterwards, I remember walking in and, and he said, well, what did you think? And just, I loved it. And I think that was what everybody, um, if the anticipation was there, then I think we didn't even even realize how great the delivery would be. So, um, so truly well done. It would be on anything that I could have expected from, you know, a documentary that's produced by a church. And, you know, most of the time, unfortunately, a lot of Christian content, if it has overtly Christian themes, which is what this movie is, then it's not done as well as a movie that will keep your attention, be something you want to see in the theater. And, and this does all of that. I mean, I was so impressed. And so what, um, in terms of the storyboarding that you've talked about, you know, the, the part, um, the parts that talk about Jenny Geddes and, uh, you know, Paul Bunyan is part of this and, you know, and, and on the Covenanters and some of these things, you have um, statues that kind of come to life a little bit that tell this story that was so unique in any film that I've ever seen. Um, what was the thought behind that type of imagery? Yeah, it, it really was an evolution and it, was driven by problem solving, um, going back to the sovereignty of God, just like taking things away from me to where I had no power over. And I'm like, well, okay, that takes away that choice. What choice do I have going in this direction? And I just have to adapt to, you know, what is reality? And the reality is we don't have a lot of money and a lot of time. So um, I originally wanted to do live reenactments, but I wasn't going to do them cheesy. They were going to be very stylized, and I even um, came up with a way to problem solve the money thing is I was going to do this black space, which is what you saw in the film, this kind of black space with this cold light. And I wanted that um, uh, and, you know, reflective pools and things like that. I was going to do all that, but live and just do it really stylized, slow motion. But then we realized, you know, the amount of equipment that we would have to rent and the the um, personnel it was going to cost way too much. So then I was forced to like, okay, I have to animate this. I cannot do this the way I was going to do it. How can I still accomplish the powerful visuals that I was picturing in my head and that I was storyboarding at the time? How can I still accomplish that in animation? And our our motion graphics guy, Zach, he, um, he brought forth, he says, you know, we could do 3D. Here's some like, you know, statues, plaster of Paris type things. Um, like um, chiseled out of, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, that might work. But then I, I had the idea, but what if we made it like they were coming from the grave? What if they looked like they were from Greyfriars Churchyard, that they could easily have been in there? Like, because you'll see statues and carvings of that old style. And it'll be really like, it'll have that patina and that moss on it, on the stone. And I was like, if I could get that and then we could actually make it look like these stone things without them moving are still kind of moving. So we don't have to animate them, but we just move the camera around them and we do different versions of the same statue. So they're doing actions that I need them to do, but they're not moving themselves. So we would sculpt in 3D animation these statues, make them look like they're from the grave. But we use what was called Unreal Engine, which is what use, is used in video games. And that allows like instant gratification for me as a director. 
because then you can put the camera in that space and I could say, okay, make the camera do this, pull it back, pan it over here, crane up. And just like if I was on set, I could just, you know, command the camera to do what I want. And um, collaborating with Zach and working that out, we came up with some amazing shots. And I think, again, in God's sovereignty, he had a better plan. I think it came out better than probably what I was originally going to do. It works perfectly for the film. I love how I was able to introduce it in the actual grave yard and we see the chair in the grave and then she leaves the grave to go to church and just love it um so i loved all that I, those are some of my favorite parts and i'm so happy we were able to pull that off and we did that all in house we did not shop that out to some 3d company or uh, computer graphics company we did that all ourselves we did have a couple uh contracted workers because we had so many that we had to sculpt but we would design them ourselves. We would draw them. And then we shipped it out to a guy in Brazil and a guy in Germany and because they were cheaper. And they would sculpt these along with Zach. And then Zach would uh, put the skin on them. And then we could put it in the black space and create everything around it that you saw. And it just came out beautifully. It really did. It, it's so incredible. And I'm talking with the writer-director uh, of the Essential Church movie, Shannon Holiday, And uh, th the way that you're describing this for the people who haven't yet seen it, who are listening to this, uh, I'm so excited for you to see this because the imagery is so powerful in telling these stories. And, and I think you're right that rather than animated um, in another way or with uh, live actors reenactments, the fact that they um, that they look like gravestones in some ways makes the imagery more powerful, especially when you're telling the story of the two Margarets as well, and who were actually yeah. martyrs for their faith. And that was, to me, one of the most powerful moments. That was another story of church history um, in, in Scotland that I did not know. And... And to see that, um, that was one of several moments in the film that, that I was crying through the whole thing, just thinking this is such a, a powerful testament and testimony to why church polity and uh, the essential church matters from a biblical perspective. And I don't think, um, and I don't know anything about movie production, but just from a movie viewer, I don't know that you would have gotten that same level of, of solemnity in any other way and and it was yeah. beautiful um yeah. and so um and, and i won't ruin the story of the two margarets for uh, for the people who haven't yet seen it so we'll take a break here with my interview with writer director of the essential church shannon halliday and we'll be right back with more here on jenna ellis in the morning speaking truth with love this is jenna ellis in the morning Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the morning. And here is the second half of my interview with writer-director of The Essential Church, Shannon Halliday, talking about all the stuff behind the scenes of this great film that you have to see starting this weekend, starting today, actually, uh, in theaters, The Essential Church. So turning to then the live interviews, um, and you know, you you sat down with, with me, uh, some of the other attorneys, uh, my co-counsel, and Pastor MacArthur, some of the other elders of Grace Community Church, uh, the other pastors in Canada, their lawyer. Um, so a lot of different pieces of the live interviews. And um, what was it like interviewing the the church elders of Grace Community Church 
after the fact and kind of going back and reliving these moments of, of trauma, frankly, from, you know, the, the, the county and Gavin Newsom threatening jail time um, and their decision making. And there was a lot of that story I wasn't even aware of because I came on board as, as a lawyer after the fact. Um, what was it like having these men tell their story? Yeah, you know, I was concerned about that part a lot because it was really my goal to not whitewash this and and show Grace Church to be what it is. You know, we are imperfect people who make up the church. We're repent, repentful believers, but we, we don't get everything right. And we have to work through things just like any other church. And sometimes I think they look at, many people look at Grace Community Church and just think that we're, everything's tied in a nice little bow and we have our act together perfectly and we always make the right decision and everything's without drama. Um, but that's not the case, uh, especially during this COVID thing. Um, the lockdowns really stretched us. And um, biblically, we had to really deal with Romans 13 and there were a lot of different views on that. I wouldn't, or at least two different views on that at the time. And the elders had to work that out. So going to the elders and saying, hey, will you be transparent about this and talk about it? I don't know if every single one of them was fully comfortable with that. Um, but a few of them were like, oh, I get it. I see what you're trying to do. And um, I'm going to give you everything. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you're not going to put something up there that's going to make somebody look bad because we want to protect everybody. We don't. We don't want to make those who disagreed with us in our own church look bad. And we didn't. I don't believe this movie does. We protected their identity. But I still needed that tension and that conflict within our own church. And we definitely had that. And Chris Hamilton really nailed it. Uh, he's our chair elder. And boy, he he really, without him, I don't know if the documentary would be what it is, to be honest with you. Uh, because he had a really good memory about how things unfolded. And I stressed to him that I wanted him to give me all the details and tell it to me like a story. Um, I said, don't leave anything out. I'll figure out what should be in there or not. But you just tell me the, the detailed story of all of it. And he did. All of the conflict, all the tension, all the division within the elders. He laid that out. And that's in the film. Um, so we had division in our elder board and we had division in our church. Because when we opened back up, many people left our church. So... It was a messy thing, um, and uh, going to our elders and talking to them about that sometimes was awkward. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. I'm going to ask you questions that you probably didn't think I was going to ask. But um, God bless Chris Hamilton and a few others that actually just said, okay, I'm going to give you everything. And um, they mm -hmm. did, and it made the film really great. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And and Chris Hamilton was one that um, I got to know really well. Uh, he and his wife are very dear friends now. And, um, you know, he was so instrumental uh, well before I, I became involved. Um, and that's part, I mean, there's a solid 30 minutes, I think, in the film or, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes that talks about that tension, the history and life of Grace Community Church, the understanding of the state's um, obligation and uh, to civil society and the uh the authority from god to restrain evil and the acknowledgement of that and and i think you do tell that really well in how the church elders process through this and i think it's really helpful for future instruction of churches that are elder led and that are um in that, that they have the church 
um, in, in terms of its composition in the structure of the New Testament church and having uh, teaching elders and the elder board. So it's not just one head pastor that's making all the decisions and forcing that on the church. And to go through that in the, in the history and life of Grace Community Church, I think will be so helpful in instruction of showing that and showing Okay, you know this would, and as Chris Hamilton actually says in the film, um, and this was to me one of one of the best parts of it was he says, you know, before this decision to reopen, Romans thirteen had a pretty simple application. You know, you respect government, you pay your taxes, and and you you move along respecting the authority of the civil government. And now we're placed with this: how do we as as a church move forward? And and I remember. Um, when I received the statement from Grace Community Church, because my mom is actually a graduate of the Master's University, as you and I have talked about, but um, for those listening who aren't familiar with this part of it, you know, I had a personal connection because my mom's a graduate of the Master's University. She was the one that sent me that statement. And when I read it, my first response, having known um, and, and of uh, Grace Community Church, having listened for years to Pastor MacArthur, having one of his study Bibles, I thought... I can't believe that there's a moment in American history under our constitution and our civil government that John MacArthur and Grace Community Church would actually have to exercise civil disobedience. And that was a moment of this is a really big deal, the the COVID shutdown. I think that actually changed for me a perspective legally as well, seeing that statement. And, and so to know the fuller history that I wasn't aware of with Chris Hamilton talking about it, with Pastor MacArthur, with some of the other elders and their struggle through the theology and understanding of this was really instrumental and I think will be helpful in instruction in righteousness for future pastors and churches when the next thing happens. And and so, um, and, and there's so much more that I could ask you about, but in just the last two minutes I have with you, Shannon, um, what is the message then that you want pastors and churches to take away from this production being the essential church? Yeah, I think um, I would love for churches to come out of this thinking, okay, government is not neutral and I should not think of them as neutral. Um, I need to understand that spiritual warfare is in all spheres, and I need to bring my Christian worldview and my discern discernment in that matter to all spheres, including the government sphere, in understanding what's going on, and, and to be, in, not to um, to second guess the government out of rebellion, but to to test them, to to go, you know, go to your Bible and understand what are they saying here, how does this line up, um, you know. It makes no sense to me that people, I was just talking with somebody on Twitter today and they said, you know, you, you don't get to choose when you get to obey the government or not. The Bible just says obey it and that's what it says. So you don't get to choose that. And I said, well, think about that. So if you're going to submit to your husband and he tells you to do something that goes against God's commands, are you to obey your husband? No, you're supposed to obey God and disobey your husband. So mm -hmm. you would do the same thing with government. It doesn't change anything. And that's what we did. And they need to understand that. And I, I'm hoping that the film also puts steel in their veins. And that's why I wanted church history to be a part, part of it so much. And, you know, all the, the, the cost that they paid uh, to take a stand for something that some would say, it's not that big of a deal. It's just the head of the church. It's just, just temporarily give the headship to the government. 
And uh, there's no loophole in the Bible. We should never give the headship of the church to anybody other than to who it belongs to, which is Christ. And he's com communicated in his word what he wants the church to do, and he's commanded us what to do. So, you know, I hope that all of that, they take away all of that, and they move forward knowing I need to be discerning in the future, and it's good for me to take a stand for the church. And here's the other thing I like that I, I'm realizing more and more is that when, when the church does what it's supposed to do and obeys Christ and is biblical, the world around it thrives. Um, and because mm -hmm. if you look at Alberta, those pastors took a stand. Well, their whole, what do they call them? Provinces, whatever. Alberta is changed politically. All those people have been removed. And um, that is because the church took a stand. If the church didn't take the stand that it did and, and obey Jesus and made that public, like, hey, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to obey Jesus. That had ramifications throughout the entire community. Um, and I know that's not why we do it, because that's we live in a temporary world. But it is a blessing to others if we do what we're supposed to do as the church. And we look mm -hmm. at the Scottish Covenanters. They did what they were supposed to do all through the 1600s. I mean, that struggle lasted for 100 years. And then when the opportunity arrived in the new world to form a government, how did they form it? They formed it according to all of those ideas that they fleshed out over the 100 years before that through the Covenanters. And uh, the Puritans with the Great Ejection, they had to flesh out these concepts and they designed America around those concepts. That's a fruit of the church, really. America is the fruit of the church, even though it's a... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it a Christian nation, obviously, but good things happen when the church does what it's supposed to do and human beings thrive. So Yes, so well said. Yeah. So that's what I hope people think about when they see this film. Yeah, and 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 absolutely I think that this will solidify and and educate Christians in the proper role of the church, because for too long, the church in America has really abdicated its role of helping civil society be moral and upright and have the measurable difference between right and wrong, good and evil, and and restraining uh, evil and promoting freedom and liberty in the morally proper sense. And we've abdicated that too much to the civil government and to those elected officials that most of the time are not Christian. And so they're making this determination based on a secular theology or a secular premise and worldview. And the church can't just be a social club. It has to be the church. And this film really defines the true nature of what is the church and then why it is essential in such a brilliant way and and is truthful about the theology. And so for the Christian watching this movie, I think it's going to challenge your perception of the church and its role in the Christian life and in the life of civil society and its relationship to government and the state. And, and then for your friends who maybe aren't Christians, but they are conservatives or they care about, even invite the liberals and the Democrats too, because they'll be challenged. But, you know, for the, for the people who, you know, maybe aren't fully Christians, I think this is also going to challenge them to understand not only the truth of the gospel of Christ, which is the foundation, but also why we advocate for a moral and upright society. And so for anyone, wherever you're at, I know that this movie is going to challenge some preconceptions that you might've had. I know it challenged, it challenged me as the attorney going through it. It challenged the elder board um, going through this as well. And, and the life of the church, and we need to be prepared for the next thing. 
And, and that's what, um, what I'm really going to take away from this film, Shannon, is to be even better prepared the next time that the state tries to encroach on the jurisdiction in the province of the church. I'm going to be even more resolute to stand firm and say, no, Christ is the head of the church, period. So thank you for this film. And uh, where can people see this? And what would you encourage them uh, where they can go this weekend as it opens in theater? So exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. So uh, the website is EssentialChurchMovie.com, EssentialChurchMovie.com. And that's basically the hub for all the information that you need. You can go there and there's a, a button to click on for purchase tickets. And that takes you to a list of theaters um, that are uh, available and they're across the U.S. So we're not in every city, but you can look up the closest. You can put your zip code in and look up the closest theaters to you. And uh, uh, hopefully there's uh, uh, one in your city. We keep adding more and more every day. I forget the exact number that we have, but um, a lot of the major cities have the film. Uh, actually, there's a theater that I usually go to by my house that I walk to to go see films. And my my film's going to be there. It's going to be surreal. So I'm going to walk over there like right next to Oppenheimer. There'll be the Essential Church <laughs> and then I'll watch the Essential Church. Uh, so Amazing. it'll be in theaters everywhere. You just got to go. Um, you can also go on apps like Fandango and put in your zip code and see if it's near you. But just go to EssentialChurchMovie.com. It opens July 28th. I don't know how long the run will be. But if a lot of people go the first weekend, uh, the run will continue because the theaters will want it. And um, this is a great movie to bring all sorts of people to it, like you were just saying. People that don't agree with it. Uh, bring friends from other churches who maybe they don't even care about the subject matter. They don't know why they should care. I think they'll get a lot out of this film. Unbelievers will get a lot out of this film. It has the gospel in it, a clear presentation of the gospel. So if you want to bring somebody, if you're a Christian and you want to bring somebody that you've been wanting to evangelize to, this is a great opportunity to springboard off of this film because it has a clear presentation of the gospel. So, um, yeah, it's it, it really is. I was just talking with somebody on Twitter today and they're against the film. And uh, I started engaging them and they thanked me for engaging them. And they said, you know what, I'm going to go see the film. And I said, good, you should go see it, even though you don't agree with it. Go see it and be challenged. I watch documentaries all the time that I don't have the point of view of the director and I don't mind being challenged in that way. And others should uh, be afraid of being challenged by this film as well. So yeah, essentialchurchmovie.com, July 28th opens everywhere. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see it again in the theater. It was so great to be there at the premiere in Los Angeles, uh, but to go to, you know, close to, to my home as well. And, uh, you know, and I was just seeing the, um, you know, Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie are the big ones now. And then <laughs> thinking, you know, and yet, the essential church is going to be uh, right next to them. And the more that people go and see it, um, it's going to be incredible. And I think that momentum will build. And then, uh, and so I really, really would encourage everyone listening, you know, like, like Shannon said, whether you agree with it, you don't, you have no idea, you know, you will definitely be happy that you saw it regardless. And you can help uh, get this in front of other people. The more people that go opening weekend, then we'll just continue to expand. So Shannon, thank you so much uh, for your willingness to take on this project um, for a wonderful film. And, um, you know, I, I think it should be best picture, but I doubt the Academy is going to agree with us. So, you know, not looking like I'm going to come back to, you know, for the Oscars anytime soon. But if that happens, then I will be the first to congratulate you. And I think you should. So, you know, 
Maybe uh, maybe we'll have like a, a private presentation, of, you know, an <laughs> Oscar go. that's like one of the other statues or something in the film. We'll have but our thank own you. Oscar party. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But um, but it was such a pleasure to work with you, and I can't wait to see what you do next. So thanks so much. Thanks for having me on it. You were a great part of this film. We couldn't have done it without you. Um, you helped our church considerably. The Lord brought you in His sovereignty, and uh, it was a blessing to have you a part of this project. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks so much.